0: You were absolutely
1: right. I wish I had pressed record before you said that.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, everybody's got a different God, you know, right? It's just life. Uh, Dennis, how is your God doing this week? Oh... <laughs> Has well, has anything happened since we spoke last? Uh, yeah. Yeah? What happened?
0: Yeah.
1: Because last week we were a little bit worried. It was an election. An election? It was an election. Who got chosen?
0: Well, it's so complete. Wait, wait, let me start over. There was a so-called election. Oh, right. So-called. Yeah. It right. really was an election. And I'll tell you, this is what I know. And this is a fun fact to start. That the start of networks calling races began in 1848 because it was a disorganized process at the time and because the Electoral College didn't allow for a final uh, accreditation of the president for weeks, a month after the election. Right. So the news, for the first time, began to report who the winner was, and back in the day, it was who the winner was, not a projected winner. They didn't have the the data capabilities, but they actually don't could, have any legal standing. Who could forget just, Back in
1: 1848, when CNN called, called the election, it, it, <laughs>
0: yeah. you know, Wolf well, Blitzer was a little bit time, younger. But they would just report. Uh-oh. What was that? Reconnecting. Did you see that? Ooh, flash on my screen. Whoa. Yeah. So while this while this was happening, and the the thing I got to say is that I was worried. I was biting my fingernails throughout those uh, days as Pennsylvania again and you knew the projections finally in Steve Kernacki and the Kernacki Cam, which was the fabulous magic board that they use, the big board as he calls it. And but what I hadn't thought about, which was largely due to my duress, was what would the, what's gonna happen immediately after Biden wins? I had a vague fear that there would be a negative uprising element of the of the increasingly organized brotherhood that has drank the Trump Kool-Aid. But what I didn't expect, what I think about, was the celebrations. And so when that happened, and it hit me, and I said, holy fuck, had a few beers, and watched it until the early end of the wee hours, and just city to city, and to thank our brothers and sisters in Philadelphia for doing the thing, and coming out in numbers, and Stacey Abrams, in Atlanta and Georgia now has been officially allowed for a hand recount of over five million votes. Nice. Because Biden has won by uh, a mere something or other. But nonetheless, it was a great it was a great day and I was unexpectedly jubilant and near tears from the relief that I really didn't have to consider that we would pack up and move to Canada if we could learn to speak Canadian. but yeah. And now Biden, who very smartly says, you know, we're planning a transition. I've got a COVID team. I'm naming my transition heads. We got a lot to work from what he wants to do to delay this, which is a formal procedure. Here's the point about the procedure. The woman who works for the federal government, who is, isn't in fact, a, a appointee, not a civil servant, she works for Trump, mm-hmm. she has a, a law that says that she needs to certify that it is the expected president. And that's the language, but it leads as a subjective decision. As it turns out, when you say the networks called it, the response, which is accurate is, well, that they don't have legal standing.
1: That's just what Rudy said. Mm -hmm.
0: And (laughs) Rudy, in the goddamn parking lot of the Four Seasons Landscaping Company, he had done that last time we spoke. Isn't that true? No,
1: no, that was post-election. In fact, I have this background that I can put on. Breaking coming okay. to you from the Four Seasons Landscaping <laughs> Company.
0: You it's... got the if you go, if you pan to the right a little bit, there should be a fire, uh, a, a water hose wound yes. hanging. It was a remarkable moment in the clip. Did you send it to me, of or did I say it? No, I saw it on the I, I, uh, ran into it on the net where he's looking up at the sky, and it appears that he's heard for the first time that Trump, Biden has been called. And, and he goes to the person in the crowd and says, who said so? And the guy said, well, networks call it, AP call it. And he looks up at the sky, and he says, he looks up at the sky, and he says, oh, the networks, the mighty networks. It yeah. was such a crazy moment.
1: But that was that was the only reasonable play in that scenario was to mock the idea that you just espoused yourself that the networks are There's in any way of, official. Right. So, I, that's, I can't blame him for that, it's despite all the blame that he deserves for being Trump's lackey. But,
0: yeah, so my... i we'll m- to the right a little bit, so that when we look at your background, you can see the water hose, because it's my favorite thing in the whole picture. Yeah. <laughs> As listeners can, can, can so see.
1: So, my my reaction the day after when I woke up because just four years ago I woke up and I was serving my children breakfast when Trump came out and gave his, mm, air quotes, victory speech where he's oh, he yes. said we were totally, we were totally winning and how in are just like finding other ballots. Anyway,
0: it just kept counting the votes and they shouldn't have because right, it was. A- <laughs>
1: so I, I just want to briefly touch on, my emotional Feel response it. to the results i was very sad that it could have been so close right i fell into the trap of and i've since heard discussion about this where people think that probabilities are related to vote percentages and i didn't go all in on this but some part of my some part of me misinterpreted the fact that 538 said that there was a 9 and uh, a 90% chance that Biden would win and part of me hearing that thought oh that means that almost 90% of people are going to vote for, for Biden which is the wrong way to take from taking that i understand that percentages a percent chance and percent vote are totally different things but darn if the stupid brain doesn't equate the two and so i was depressed that it was even close at all like how seventy million people after watching the last four years could be like,
0: Yeah, I'll take more of this. And so let's talk about that. There's something about there's something about this that's pretty remarkable in that point, is that we have known for some time that the percentage of the voting public that was Trump's base, at least the numbers we've been banding about are thirty eight as high as forty two percent, something like that. But it was nowhere near 48, 49 percent. And so what Trump did in his mega uh, virus spreading fucking mega rallies was he successfully turned out the vote where literally every second or third voter who was his brought somebody new to the polls. And these are people who are not polled. These were things that weren't considered. These were people who just said, come on, Johnny, get in the truck. Let's go vote. Right. And he did a masterful job. He got more uh, votes than anyone in the in the history of the voting public. There's only one person who beat. His incredibly high record of seventy plus million. Nobody's come that close to seventy million like Donald Trump. There's only one guy who beat him.
1: Yeah, but as a percentage of the population, let's put a let's put a denominator on that.
0: I, what percent of the vote public voted?
1: Right, because you could say it was the most ever, but it's like there's more that's people a, ever. That's
0: a, that's a piece of data I don't know. Or you could right. Google it and tell us at a moment's notice. But well, it was the highest turnout ever. You've got true, uh, but
1: there are more Americans than ever. Vote.
0: I don't equivocate on that point. I'm, I'm sure I'm sure I'm right.
1: But yes, you are correct that he definitely turned out a lot of people that were not registered and that did not respond to polls. And man, it really makes one question. What the fuck are polls good for? And, well, and should we respect? That's, that's, should we respect anything? Like, I understand that the individual campaigns need to do polling so they can know where they need to focus their energies. Fine. But... As the public and the news-watching public, how important are polls to be reported on? I think that should drastically be reduced. I think that the latest polls show that it's beating so-and-so by so many points. That sort of reporting needs to just go the fuck away because the polling strategy, the polling mechanisms where they call fucking landlines, and if someone on the landline picks up and wants to give you the time of day, then you get their response. Like, how is that at all the related samples, to voting?
0: The sample's bad. Right. The sample's bad, and the sample isn't as sophisticated as Trump. Trump has the most unique capability of any uh, modern, any president in the history of the United States to be able to turn out the vote. He absolutely overperformed in turning out the vote. In every red county, he got more and more votes whoever would have thunk whoever would have thunk that someone running for president who got literally 70 million votes lost we never would have we never would have believed it and here comes Biden with 75 imagine that Biden's already got 6 million more votes than Barack Obama and that turnout during that election was stunning stunning it's a broader base it's a more diverse base and here's the prospect
1: well i think Trump turned out more Republican voters and more Democratic voters.
0: True, there was a, a uniquely high. Who the hell 26%. cared about voting
1: against McCain in the way that people cared about voting against Trump?
0: To his stand on McCain cost him Arizona, and and to Mrs. McCain for making sure that happened. Her ad was one of the most effective ads. But so the guy to listen to, who I saw yesterday, who you can link up with because it ended up on the major news feeds today, was Michael Cohen. The lawyer, you know, Trump's fixer, mm-hmm. who said, and it's so on point, I think, where he says, you know what? Trump's going to take a Christmas vacation down in Mar-a-Lago where he does. And he's never going back to Washington. He's not going to show up for the inauguration. He's not going to be there for any transition. He's never going to go back. Right. And all this is about, he says, all this is about is him building his multi-world media company, because you have to understand this about him is that he doesn't otherwise have an income. He's property rich, of he's course. cash poor. He doesn't have a way to make money. And it's nothing more complicated than that. He said, but don't look for him to go back after Christmas. Why should he? he can't let, as another analyst said in The Atlantic, he, doesn't, he can't let the narrative ever be from him other than he was robbed of the election. Right. That's his whole shtick. So he can't be part of footage that ever admits that it's it's and you and I both know as I'm sure everyone listening would agree is that's impossible to imagine unless of course it's Donald fucking Trump, and I yeah I, there was a it's, it's so weak Biden Biden almost ignores it right now which I think is sound he's whatever he said it's just it's embarrassing and it isn't going to slow us down we're I'm the president elect we're we're moving forward it's excellent it's excellent
1: there was a headline today. You remember how Trump wanted to ban TikTok from the United States? Just, yeah, and yeah. there's this headline today that said that TikTok that – apparently the Trump administration has forgotten about their desire to ban TikTok. And TikTok <laughs> is like, so what are you guys doing over there? Are you going to do something about this? And uh, it's, of course, everything that they, had, that they were previously doing anything right. about has been
0: thrown out the window. And, and imagine – how long do you think it's been since Donald Trump – had a national security briefing. How long do you think it's been since he's attended a COVID-19 task force meeting? It's been not weeks, it's been months. Yeah. And this, this fucking Kellyanne bullshitter who comes out and says, someone says, what's the president been doing? And she said, as we've reported, as he said, as he continues to work while he makes certain that this is an American election we can be proud of, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, and, and, and being fueled, of course, if they put out the fire of the, the millions of voters, particularly in Georgia, if they put out the fire that the election was robbed, it's going to affect the turnout for the Republicans in the two special Senate runoff races, that if they go and if they would both win Democrat, the Senate would be tied and Vice President Kamala Harris would be the deciding vote. So in order to keep those people ginned up, Mitch McConnell and his—, his Who fucking won again. Freaking, right. Okay, Kentucky. He, it's You bet we aren't going to declare this. Show up because de- democracy as we know it in the Confederacy is at stake. So show up in great numbers. Bring your pickup trucks. Bring your fucking guns and show up. That's what they want. That ends on January 5th. With the runoff races for fucking Christ's sake. January 5th, and inauguration is 15 days later. That's after the Electoral College. How can you? A month, or, 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 which is December 14th. Two How... weeks, three weeks.
1: It's so two faced to be against counting votes, but also rallying the vote for another election at the same time.
0: You sent me Saturday Night Live's cold open that that, that hit that where. He was saying, "Stop the vote!" And the press secretary went over to him, and he said, "No." (laughs) And I like that. I
1: like. No, there were moments. There were moments where Trump supporters were shouting, "Stop the vote! Stop the vote!" When, in a place like Arizona or wherever, where Biden was ahead, and stopping the vote would have meant bad for Trump, but they just
0: okay, okay, we'll take it. Yeah, okay, we'll stop it now. I won. Thank you. And also, what sort of so that's the whole
1: problem that i have with if if i were of the political party that wanted to disenfranchise the most amount of people how can you live with yourself how can you be how can you say i guess you say i know better than all you idiots so it's better if you idiots don't vote is but then you go on tv or whatever and you champion democracy blah 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 blah. so i don't know it's a mess
0: So the numbers are astounding. And when I look at the movement, as I started to say earlier, with a 38-40% base to a 48% expansion for this election, that he is, in fact, the most powerful Republican head of of the party in the history of the United States. He's brought in more votes. He's won the benchmark election. He and his familias end up being Donald Trump Jr., and hey, he did you know a... that
1: Lincoln was Republican? Not many people know this.
0: Hussein, who said? <laughs> who knew that? Everybody's been asking that. Everybody, everybody's been saying. I, everywhere I go, so who knew? Okay, so you say he's the biggest. Who knew? Who knew? Most Jimmy popular. Kimmel, Jimmy Kimmel says he has a theory about. He has a theory about this. He said it wasn't an assassination. This is what happened. When he was up in the balcony watching the play, he pre- had a premonition. Of what the Republican Party was going to become in 2020, and he pulled out a pistol and he killed himself.
1: Wait, is this like Elvis, where like Lincoln is really still alive, and it's a conspiracy? Sure, <laughs> he killed. I, he think, killed I think we need some Lincoln truders <laughs> yeah. to, to to get together and like really investigate this because the common narrative is obviously that he was assassinated, but do we really have proof, right? I mean,
0: well, this, this whole shtick, this whole shtick, this Jimmy Kimmel shtick was uh, was was the roast of the annual correspondence dinner and the presidents and mm. President Obama for years and years and years was the host. And they always had a comedian. And I ended up binge watching these. I don't know what struck me was post election. This is so funny, where it started out with Obama's best comebacks to the Republicans. And it showed his final State of the Union address, where he said to the audience, to the Congress, he said, I can't run for any more elections, and then a little surprisingly, a couple of Republicans started clapping, and he looked at him and smiled, and he said, yeah, that's right, because I want them both. Nice. And the whole crowd Boom. laughed, and, and he had a huge smile on his face. And so I went from there to the the dinner. I couldn't help myself, where he roasted Donald Trump. Which many people blame on – It's the reason that Trump ran. Right because he was ridiculed. That took me to the Al Smith dinner, where Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump share the dais. And it is the worst performance by Hillary Clinton that exists on tape. And Donald Trump is shown with his wife laughing and laughing at what Hillary is saying. And it was remarkable in that I don't remember ever seeing He's never laughed. any video where Trump was actually laughing. And it was this interesting look. She bombed. She fucking bombed. Then I saw that, and then I went, whoa. And then I went to, and it was Seth Myers. Yeah, yeah, I comedian. understand how YouTube works. It, it, yeah. it, he delivered. And then from there, but here's the final one, was Conan O'Brien. And and I saw him last, because after that, it was like, drop the mic. He was so much funnier than anybody, although Twanda Sykes was, had the best pauses of any of the comedians I saw at this dinner. She was just so comfortable letting the joke settle in the chuckling, keep up until she went to her next one where Jimmy Kimmel was one joke after another, like rapid fire. You have to be
1: so confident to let your joke just sit there and and to, because as a speaker, you want to fill every moment with sound, which is why we make all of these, um, or, uh, whatever sounds, but to be able to say a thing and then, Shut the fuck up for five seconds. Five seconds when you are in front of a bunch, a crowd of people is an eternity. So,
0: anyway, well, it's, it's, she's noteworthy. They're all interesting for their own effect. But the here's the thing about Conan O'Brien, which made it funnier than anything, was two things that were not planned at all. Which he's 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 a stand-up performer. He found in the podium, for reasons he didn't understand, a gavel. And so during his jokes, he reached out and he held it up and he said, there's a gavel here and I have no idea why <laughs> And he started pounding it and ended up becoming part of the bit. Sure. That was just hilarious. And the other thing he did was he went into a voice that surprised even himself, which made him laugh out loud for quite a while. And it was very funny. He outdid everyone. You have to if I can find
1: whatever things. Dennis just talked about in the show notes, they will be there. Yeah. Conan O'Brien is a competitor of ours. He has switched to podcasting and has a comedy podcast where he interviews uh, yes. celebrity comics. And I do enjoy his, his output there. So... He,
0: buddy, he's outrageous.
1: Apparently, there was a thing going around where either Trump was doing something where like, he had some like fat folds under his chin or something, or one of his supporters did... But somebody, when that was going around, somebody sent me this image, and I have to show it. I have to send it to you. And it took me a moment. look in your chat. This is a Photoshop job. That made me laugh. It's so. This will be in the show art for this chapter or in the show notes. You can find oh,
0: it <laughs> ever in the world. Oh, somebody my did this. God. Oh.
1: <laughs> it's so well done. It like, <laughs> anyway,
0: oh, we won't
1: even, so we won't even here. Let's not even so say funny. what this is a picture of. We will force people okay. to go to happyhourfm slash oh, zero eight four and watch what we just left at. Anyway.
0: So here's, here's, here's an interesting piece of information. So this thing came across my feed where the 2024 wannabes running for president are all showing up in Georgia in short order. And it's very – yeah, of course they're going because this is the start of it for 2024. Marco Rubio. Oh, my God. A very young dude. And it actually –
1: Compared to it, what is presidential these said, days.
0: something's going – what's that?
1: Compared to what is presidential these days, being under 60 is well, like well, a well, ripper that's a low, Right. say insane. It's a low bar. Um, yeah.
0: But at at any rate
1: Rubio seems if I if you had asked me to guess who would be running against Joe and or Kamala come four years from now, I would definitely choose Rubio. He seems clever and mm.
0: he's gonna he's gonna run against Trump in the primary?
1: Trump's not gonna run in the primary.
0: With the, not, no he isn't. This is how much do you want to pay? He's gonna announce he's, he's gonna announce his decision to run in twenty twenty-four on January twenty first. <laughs> and for the next four years,
1: it's rallies all the, rallies every all the
0: time. He's gonna be holding rallies because he's running against Joe Biden. And as he does these rallies, Fuck you, he now will idea. have to attend to local law because he won't have the standing of the president to, to overwhelm that law. But it's part of it's part of. he's going to get the election back. He's going to get the office back. In fact, he's still president. And there's going to be 35, 40 percent of the people in America who are going to say, yep, yeah, he's the guy we think was president. And this shift creates for him. Here's the gap that Trump has to hit. He has to go from the 38 to 42 that's his base to the 46, 47 that ended up voting for him. If he starts to creep up into that, oh, we came with Cousin Johnny voting, Right. There's some a number of people who vote who did who voted for Trump less than meaning they weren't going to vote for Joe Biden in his bunch of liberal left leaning not Socialist. even uh, no not even that there's a lot of people that just don't liberals enough socialism they don't that isn't the line that has to be crossed for them it's just being liberal. And that's a huge number of the American people. It's They're not paying that much attention. They're not digging into this thing like we dig into it. When it comes time to vote, they go, you know what? These liberals, fuck them. I'm yeah. not a liberal. I'm a conservative. Trump, yeah, he sucks, but he doesn't suck as bad as fucking Joe Biden, period. Those people, those are the ones where we have to say, well, what about this? What about that? And they say to us, they say, we don't give a fuck. We're just trying to live our fucking lives. We're not following politics. We don't like the fucking liberal philosophy. Just get the okay. That's it. We have to understand them. So our,
1: let's before we get to January twenty first. Your opinion of what is going to happen between now and then is that Trump's just going to abandon all responsibilities and play golf and drink yeah. champagne, or not drink champagne. He doesn't do that. No. The, the he does. He doesn't drink, but, but
0: they, the, drink, they have better precedent.
1: Yeah, the equivalent of drinking champagne down in Mar-a-Lago for the next He's two months. Cheeseburgers, Cheese, cheeseburgers, Whoppers. and golfers. And last episode, you hypothesized that he might leave the country and go live in Scotland or something.
0: If so, they don't extradite,
1: right? So, will any of his crimes come to bite him? The all the oh, stuff. there's that the, no
0: doubt that they will. He's part of what he's doing is he wants to have standing in the court, and, and which is pending case, pending cases that question the legitimacy of of, of Biden's uh, presidency. Right. And as long as these are pending, right now he won one case. He's put in thirteen. He lost twelve. The one he won, he called it his little crazy fit of "I won." I'm not taking questions. He walked off the stage. You look like a fucking idiot. Fucking mumbling shit. Fucking all this crazy stuff that he said had happened, claiming that the officials in Georgia were Democrats and fucking crooked. And the Republicans who were in the secretary of state and the governor's office said, wait a minute, we're Republicans too, bro. And now they're calling for them to resign. They're like Republicans. I, I,
1: I totally understand. And by that, I don't totally understand that there are there are lawyers that will defend any old scumbag. Even if they think that they're guilty, they will do their job to defend that person on the knowledge that they will get paid uh, handsomely and whatever. But but, so my point is, can you do that for someone who is infamous for not paying their bills? At what point (laughs) does, at what point do you wonder, will I get paid if I defend this motherfucker?
0: Uh, Michael Cohen would say, won't get paid. But here's a question for you. How do you get a lawyer out of a tree? Cut the rope.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It's it, wh- wh- whoever is defending him will. Yeah,
0: know. one one major firm had a, a resignation from a member of the firm. There's details online, obviously, but where he said, "You know what? This is bullshit. I'm not going to be part of this." And he he resigned, and the company says it was he'd been planning to resign for months or whatever. Right. And th- here's the thing, cool Joe, Uncle Joe, he's got some of the brightest fucking people of our fucking generation who are fucking helping him think these things through, everything, he's got more money than fucking God. And he's able to promote the same message which got him six million more votes than Barack Obama. Um, unprecedented uh, support. And which, of course, ironically, ironically, very well could be 306 electoral college delegates, which is exactly the number that Trump got, which he called at the time, it was a landslide. It was a landslide.
1: Mm. Yeah, so do we have something else to talk about?
0: So you know, the story that I had a, a pooling of water in the area behind the shed where all my uh, shelves and, and whatnot are. I mentioned this on one of the prior yes, episodes. where for sure. Where it was always a problem. It was, and so one day, one day, I was at that stage of the work day where I said, what the fuck? And I went and I got a, a sledgehammer. And even with my bad right shoulder, which reverberates like a fucking jackhammer with a sledgehammer, I banged the concrete enough times, full force, to be able to begin a crack. Yeah, and baby. within 35 to 40 minutes, I had cracked through an opening that was about 24 inches by 36 inches, and I was at dirt. I stacked all the shit up on the side, wow. and I began digging with a shovel. And I dug in. and... Then, then I hit about a foot and a half down in the ground what appeared to be an ancient red brick, which back in the day... <sighs> not, the one that the, it was
1: old. not the one that the prophecy foretold.
0: Well, judge this for yourself. Okay. So I, I as, as we'll learn later is a funny thing is i found this brick and i decided to dig it out and much to my i wasn't surprised because i predicted i wondered i took the brick out for one reason and that was to see whether there was another brick under it was and there? i have i hit a proverbial a brick wall and tell me tell this me. is what i discovered is i dug that brick out with crowbar and sledgehammer and pick And 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 bam, 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 pulled the, pulled it out, and lo and behold, not only was there a brick below it, there were bricks on either side of it, and they were curved. Curved. And so I began to dig, assuming there was a curved, a circle of bricks, and then in the center, this is an ancient. I started digging with my with my post hole digger in the center of what appeared to be a circle of bricks that was eighteen inches across. No because I could see the bricks protruding, because I had dug it through, I began to do it, and then suddenly- holy grail. It was like the bottom fell out of the hole. And it went down, and I realized that what that was, a drain of some kind from 110 years ago. And the place in the concrete where I busted through happened to be right over the old- You know what did I say about this? It was like the cask of a Montiago.
1: You have done well, my friend. And
0: and I look. And and that's I why all the water head, was there. The water was welling up. That's that's why that was the place on the concrete, where it swaled, not swaled. It actually was was the opposite of a swale. I think a swale is a lump. What's the opposite of a swale? An indention. I
1: don't know. I'm not feeling
0: too.
1: I'm not feeling too swale.
0: <laughs> that's all swelling good, but you still got water on your concrete. So. So I go, and I think I'm going to do a drain, and I go, and I see Tom at Consumers Concrete. This is a big shout-out to Tom. Tom is the dude, by the way, who you'll know. You'll remember. Tom Tommy, my boy. Because I told you, when I had to figure out how the fuck to fix this concrete house and what mixture of sand and cement and stone I needed to use shovel-full by shovel-full like a formula to yep. be able to mix up the throat shit at the house, this was Tom. He Tom. told me that. Nice. I go back to Tom and I say, Tom, this is a deal. I went out to your yard. I found a 16-inch pipe. That pipe, if I drilled holes in it, would be perforated. It would fit right down into that 18-inch shaft into this well, which, by the way, had a tunnel-looking thing to one side and then to the other side, parallel with it, a tunnel going in. There, it was a actually called a drain basin that other drains came into back in the day, 110 years ago.
1: Did you like so crawl into your neighbor's home. yard and pop your head up in their toilet yes. and be like,
0: howdy neighbor. Listen, listen. So I, you know, the story back in the day, I told you when I was a kid <laughs> that we used to dig holes underground and make caves yep. and forts where yep. we used to hang out underground. Well, this was what we would look for. It's a place where it was already a tunnel. And so that shit was, was fairly loose. So with my post hole digger, I went down five feet. So I'm telling Tom, and I said, you got these big, round, perforated, double wall PVC pipe that are 15 inches around, fit in there, and I could get a cover. He said, the price of a cover, you're going to go crazy. I said, how much? He said, 160 bucks. I said, that's stupid. He said, what are you draining? Are, is water going to come up from this spot, or is it going to go down? I said, it's all down. He said, you don't need to drain. Just fill it full of stone. Forget the extra step of putting a, a perforated pipe in there. Just fill it full of stone. Just get stoned, man. I went to top grade aggregates, so hats off to Tom, hats off to top grade aggregates. That's where I and got I my said, stone. Man, yep. I want to get a $25 minimum, which is one ton of Riverstone. One ton of Riverstone, which I've got to- To fill a tiny little hole? Bottom. What's that?
1: You need a ton of Riverstone to fill a tiny little hole?
0: No, 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 it wasn't a tiny hole. It was actually, I will tell you, it was one half ton of stone. That's how big the hole was. I went Man. down five feet. Because when I started to go down, you want to find sand or other porous soil so that when the water hits that, it tends to go. You hit clay, you don't want to clay.
1: Gotcha.
0: And what was interesting, I found two old bags of sand that I don't know the plastic bags from so many years ago, which might have gone down the drain. or what. They, and then I found a layer of burnt material. Like at some place, had it been a fireplace or was that where they rinsed out their... I don't know I, I, it it was the funniest soil because it was really oh 40 50 60 years old. I think your organic material mixed with soil. It was loamy.
1: You're dealing with ancient spirits here. I think that this could be some sort of a burial ground where you're going to have to deal with putting stone top these poor souls that were buried oh, here. Uh... And you're calling them Lomi.
0: Tasi, Tasi,
1: Tasi. Oh Legu. No. Been taken over by some sort of spirit creature.
0: Siam, Siam, Siam. Okay. What a silly goose, Siam. Don't, <laughs> don't you, you didn't you didn't you didn't know the whole time I did that where I was headed. This is not one of your sharpest moments. What are you drinking there? I saw you lift it. Look like scotch. Where's the wiki? It it is a scotch and scotch? a whiskey. Yes. I I I meant to tell you can that it. this is Ellison Brewing Company in Michigan amber ale. I mm. got a can. Can. And it was $10 for four of these larger cans. And I must say that now that I'm on the last can, I rather like it. I rather like it. And then a follow-up is, of course, as you would guess, my favorite. Mythics.
1: So this past weekend, my I showed my kids a classic movie from 1982. I showed my children et Wow, oh. and i had mostly forgotten everything about et aside from the bicycle flying in front of the moon and the et phone home with the light on the finger and all of the common tropes that are just known and so it really pulled me along with the narrative like i wasn't yeah. sure what was going to happen moment to moment yeah. in a way yeah, it, it, that's
0: it, remarkable it, it let me you.
1: it let me re-experience, re-experience. that movie fresh yeah. and that's lovely. Holy fuck what a good movie that is. Oh,
0: oh yeah. First of all, a oh, lot of it's it's amazing. I,
1: I there were a lot of times where I was like, that's some clever cinema trickery you're doing there, Stephen. Where for a long time in the movie there is this bad guy authority figure that you never see his face, you only see his belt with some keys jangling, which I had not remembered at all, but there's seven yeah, di- yeah, there's yeah. seven different scenes where you see this guy with his keys jangling around and you're like, Oh, that's clearly a bad guy. And later when you are introduced to that person, it turns out he's an actually an okay guy, but, and just how, what a nice movie it was. And no, it, the, it, so it, the, it, like the, the single mother. Okay. So a, a couple of things that occurred to me as a grown up. first of all, they totally don't understand. Whoever made the movie doesn't understand how the moon works because there were a couple scenes where the moon was just a static backdrop, obviously a mat thing that, like, four hours later, the moon was in the same place as it was previously in the sky. Like, that, that's bullshit. Come on. But the mother, who is this busy '80s businesswoman? Either she was making a whole bunch of money, or they just, or her recently, like, she had recently separated from her husband. They had a pretty sweet freaking house for. In the country? Time. No, in the middle oh, of it's uh, a neighborhood, right? It's, in, in the neighborhood yeah. in, in LA is where it is, I think. It's in a cornfield behind it? There is some corn, yes, but it's suburban LA, uh, I think. Suburban. But not that there's a lot oh, of corn it, in LA, yeah. which is another great point because they're in freaking Los Angeles, and for some reason well, they have a cornfield the, behind them.
0: One of the scenes I've returned to year <clears throat> after year, which is hilarious, is the closet scene where ET ends up dressed. like like right. a, a, a girl doll and he, he and Elliot both scream out loud and then run in the other direction it is yeah one of the most hilarious scenes ever there's a touching documentary of the adult now adult actor reminiscing about what it was like to, to shoot that movie and the absolutely loving relationship that he had with Steven uh, Spielberg who just encouraged him to uh, do what he could do and the iconic uh, scenes his sadness over ET's dangers was th- th- one of the one of the most tender moments in screen history of any kind just if that doesn't move you then check your fucking veins for ice right
1: i had totally forgotten that there's a part where ET dies mm-hmm. and for me the first of all It's ridiculous that medical doctors could potentially treat any sort of alien, guessing on if it needs oxygen or whatever. But, and there's one moment, there's one moment where they say, "Uh, We've shown that it has DNA, but instead of four molecules, it's got six. And that's like a a throwaway line in the movie. But uh, they do this, and I, if you had asked me when E.T. had died, if E.T. was going to come back to life and then go off back to his planet at the moment I would have been like, I can't remember. I I don't know. But, and the whole, I don't know. It wasn't, it was, it was very pleasing. And my kids were riveted the whole time. And that's not true of most 80s movies. If I show 80s movies to my kids, they go so slowly. And first of all, it takes 14 minutes of credits at the beginning of the movie because that's what the way the movies were back then. Is yeah, right. You have to just sit back through then, right. who are all these people in the movie, blah, blah, right. blah. Instead of um, just starting the movie. Exactly. Is, thank God. And of, of course, my kids were like, I wish I had a closet with 14,000 stuffed animals in it like Elliot. It's, what sort of money are these people making? Anyway, mm-hmm. it it was. And also another thing that they did really well that I appreciated was they did a lot of showing but not explaining so when the government people come in and they start covering yeah, up the house a, and they and they start true. they start having their hazmat suits on, there's no explanation the of what's been, going on. It's just, sorry. and my kids were like, "What the fuck movie is this wow. now?" And there were a couple yeah. times in the movie where it turned it took a turn sideways, where my kids were like, well, "What is going on here?"
0: Uh, sinister, sinister, absolutely yeah. sinister.
1: And at the beginning, like they try to make it a scary movie. It's supposed to, I think they released it like around Halloween. It was supposed to be a sort of a scary movie, like at the beginning where there's something in the shed that is like throwing the baseball back at you. And it's supposed to be scary. But anyway, it was a total success with my kids in a way that no other 80s movie I right. don't think could possibly come close. As i mentioned before, yeah. I will not show them Jaws because that will fuck them up for life, but...
0: Robert Shaw, the fine actor that we've talked about before is the skipper of the boat. There was a touching a moment where Richard Dreyfuss was being interviewed, pretty recent. So he's in his late 70s, I would say for sure. And he was introduced backstage to the granddaughter of Robert Shaw, who he was in Ireland recording this interview and was gracious enough to meet this. And he completely broke down, both in the green room where he met her and then on air. It was very touching. And they showed Robert Shaw's granddaughter listening to what Richard Dreyfuss was saying on stage during the interview about how touching it was and what a wonderful man he was. And she now and it is, is tearful. <laughs> you don't. I, I don't see a lot of stuff that... Makes me feel that emotional because it's just so much of it is contrived and, right. and whatever, but it's really touching to see that.
1: Yeah. So I haven't been watching any other of our TV shows that we need to, that I'm am supposed to be watching. Like I haven't watched any of the un, Undoing, is it what it's called.
0: Yeah, too bad. Cause uh, that's, I'm caught.
1: That's- so that's my homework for next time. What I have been watching, and you are not a Netflix-enabled citizen yet for some reason, there's a Netflix original show called The Queen's Gambit. When I say The uh, Queen's Gambit, do it, yes. you know what that means? Maybe Just that that I know.
0: I've heard that title.
1: But uh, do you know what The Queen's Gambit refers to?
0: Oh, no. Okay. Is it a chess move?
1: Well done. Yes, it is. It's, I'm only a couple episodes in, but it's this story based in – the nineteen sixties of a of an orphan girl who learns to play chess and is really clever. And it's
0: it's Yes, I've heard an interview on NPR with the
1: actress. Okay. So yes. it's I'm on the astounding, one hand, eh? on the one hand, I, I love it, but on the other hand I'm like I'm aware that it's pushing all of my buttons of wouldn't just it be hold. nice if you were just a smarter than everyone else and no one realized it and you but you could defeat everyone because you're so smart? That is yeah, totally. You'll never have to
0: worry about. That's that, totally so. a fantasy. I know
1: exactly. That's totally a you fantasy that many of us have, and it's playing on that fantasy huh. in the show. But it's pretty freaking good and it's well made and I will continue to watch that and then try and get to the undoing and I think I've sort of yeah. So off of, I'll look
0: forward to talking to you about that. I wasn't able to follow Hugh Laurie because unlike, yeah, which is typical, is <laughs> after all, after 9 p.m. <laughs> but that unlike in HBO, like The Undoing, you can't just scan when it's going to be shown again. They don't do that. Hmm. They don't show it. They, they show it just episode by episode. They don't keep showing it through the week, which is too bad. So I'll figure that out later. But I am getting the geek squad out here. So I'm going to be Programming for for Netflix throughout the throughout the house. So
1: that's gonna it's improve coming. the future content of this podcast or whatever this is.
0: Well, it's a it's a low
1: bar. Yeah, oh. it is a low bar. <laughs> so
0: right.
1: I'm so pleased that we were able to talk for well about something other than. You know,
0: oh, so um, i got to tell you the lawnmower incident. Oh, shit. So in the in the back area of on the other side of my shed where I built the drain that I've mentioned now filled with river stone.
1: Do you need some I trimming in your back area, Dennis? I
0: bought a half ton of stone. What do you think it cost me? I loaded it myself with a shovel. A half ton of stone in the back of a half ton pickup truck. What do you think it cost me?
1: A half ton is a 1,000 pounds. Yes? Yes. Yes. What does a half ton of stone cost you?
0: Half inch to three quarter inch stone. Oh, geez, that so.
1: changes my calculations
0: tremendously. Two hundred dollars, eleven dollars and sixty-five cents. If you're going to go with the cheap stone, sure. That's. <laughs> I would spring for the good shit, but your whatever. your price, interestingly enough, is what it would cost if I would have went to Lowe's and bought bags of stone. There you go. Which are three ninety seven, four ninety seven for twenty pounds. So you end up with twelve of them. I saw a man. I think I've said this to you before. I saw a man, a man my about my age, loading into the back of a pickup truck.
1: I saw a man. Twenty. Dun, 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 dun.
0: 20 bags of stone for four ninety seven each. Twenty bags of stone for how much is that? Hmm. And I said you can get a ton of that for eighteen dollars. Down by the quarry. That's down by the quarry. Down by the quarry, I shot my baby. Oh no, no, oh, you didn't shoot her. Well, um, she was stoned. So yeah. Oh oh oh. So I'm back there, and one of the storage areas is where I'm going to stow my lawnmower for the winter because the snow's coming. It's winter's coming. The and is coming. in order to store it underneath the area, this little storage area, you got to take the handle and collapse it, and it's a two-part process. Part one is about halfway up the the handle; it's shaped like a U-shaped handle, mm-hmm. and there's a a lever that you pull to make the uh, blade go. But you unscrew it, and it folds down. Simple enough. Folds down, and then at the it? bottom of the at the bottom of the lawnmower, in order to get the bar that holds that handle firm to the body of the mower, there are pins, and you have to squeeze the pins together
1: Mm.
0: or expand them to get them out of their loop. And so I could do one on one side, but I couldn't do two together because they required an amount of strength at 24 inches apart that I could actually bend out Mm -hmm. this rather firm bar that attached this handle to the body of the lawnmower. And I decided that I wouldn't be beat by this hunk of steel. So I crouched down on my hands and knees, and I got exactly in the middle of the handle. And I put my hands out like I was given, like uh, like Thor, oh, <laughs> with my arms out. And I grabbed the handles, and I pulled them out. And as I pulled them out, I started to pull them closer to me so that they actually popped out of their pegs. What happened was, they not only popped out of their pegs, but they did it with such force that the bar crossbar hit me in the head and knocked me over on my back. Wow. (laughs) I was dazed and confused. And so as we speak, I have a little puffy area just uh, beneath my eye where the one bar hit. But that was the lawnmower incident. You are the uh, worst. The good news is, I did collapse it and get it in its storage area. And the bad news is it, it hurt a bit. It fought but, back. You know what? If that's what it takes, that's how I give up. To get the job done, I'll do it. Okay? Okay?
1: You're not the best mower stower.
0: Mower stower. Mm. Whoa. It's like a play on words. What's that called? A poem?
1: <laughs> a poem. A poem. Yes. And poem. if you want mower, you can come to the mower store.
0: If you want more we, and more we will sell you more. You can come to the mower store where the power that we have for your mower is more than what you've ever seen before. Before, That's a,
1: yes, you are the best mower store from before.
0: And I said, I got this big mower, and I don't know where to store. It. <laughs> so I wonder if you got some type of store unit for the mower, so we can take it mower, power it down, and move it into the store. Bring it lower. Lower and further than he's ever gone before. Hey, speaking of physical incongruity, what the fuck with John Rahm's hole in one in a practice round at Augusta? It skips twice on boy. water, comes up. On, I know, man. You got like a signed hat. Okay, so hold on. Right.
1: That was a hole in one. So, they do this thing on hole 16 when they're practicing where everyone skips off the water. That's just a, a tradition.
0: Oh, I didn't know that.
1: Yes. Everyone does that. I didn't know that. It was not a mishit. He intentionally tried to that. do that. But the crazy fucking thing is that the day before, he also had a hole in one. Two days in a row, holes in one. The Masters, is- the first Autumn Masters, John Rahm, is going to take it all, green jacket. Bring it home to yeah. Spain. He's in
0: the top, yeah, he's boy. In the top three of most, of most pundits' uh, uh, review. Guess where they put Tiger? In the top top 20.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Where so, do you think? in the top 20, um, 18. 20. Hmm? 20. That makes sense if you said top 20.
0: Yeah, but do you, is that, do you agree? I. The, the town is huge, but. The, I
1: don't, I'm not following the field enough to. Opine about the woodsman, but yeah, my money's on Rom. It's the only yeah. pro golfer I've ever met, and
0: Ian Chambers down to number nine, which I think is in the one in the one uh, review I read. Which I'm sure there's differing opinions, but uh, nine. But he, there's a story out there where he had a 465 yard. Par four. Check me if I'm right, if I'm right about this. And went over it, 465 yards. Went over it with an eight iron.
1: I mean, pff, we've all done that. <laughs> <laughs> Not on the second shot.
0: Oh, whenever I see Deschambault and read the World of Golf, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this on air when we golf down at Myrtle Beach as we do uh, annually for years, and on a very difficult par 5 that sits up on top of a knoll, which is nearly impossible to stay on, your second shot on a par 5 unexpectedly landed in the cr- in the crotch of a decaying tree that was in the rough but not out of bounds. And you got up to the hollowed out, partly hollowed out, rotted log with some type of a short iron and hit it within 17 feet of the pin. It was the single most remarkable odd in regulation that I've ever witnessed personally in my life. It was you at your best. Here's to you in that shot. I just got to say, for the golfing world, this was astounding. It was in the crux of the hollow of a tree.
1: I wish I remembered that, but I'll drink to it anyway. You don't remember
0: it? Is that true or are you lying? I in crutches all the time. Yeah. Hollowed out <laughs> half rotting crotches all the time. That's nice. That's really nice. Oh, so, so there was some there was some autumn ballet next door to me. And in the large three plus acre lot uh, yard of my neighbor here in Kalamazoo, which I've spoken of before what is on the autumn other ballet? side of the fence, where the leaf blower, the leaf gatherers who ended up creating a mound of leaves on the curb that I kid you not at its height is six foot deep and it goes up the entire expanse, a hundred yard frontage of this acreage.
1: Did so you jump palace, into the pile? Venice?
0: If I would have, I'd still be there now. So no, cause I would never <laughs> have been able to get out, but there was this young kid who is a handsome lad and a tall dude. And he had on the biggest power vac <laughs> motorized that money can buy with a six inch hose that's attached to a wand that goes up on his back along with the pack. And he got the leaves to roil in a almost a wave-like circular uh, swirl of leaves that moved them like a line up the side of the property with getting nary a leave on my property, which stood a mere 14 or 15 feet away. Imagine 14 feet from my fence. There is a swirl of leaves that's 12 feet high that this dude is swirling to push up the yard and nothing came my way to speak of. A leaf NATO Autumn. autumn <laughs> a
1: leaf uh, It's A leaf tor- It's a tornado of leaves. A leaf NATO
0: if, 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 yeah, if we so want to talk Italian,
1: we can talk Italian. We can call it a leaf <laughs>
0: NPR today does a a story of a book or a a column or whatever this dude wrote that is like the longest beer run ever, where he's from this neighborhood in, I think in Brooklyn, maybe, where he just as a a civilian gets a bunch of beer and conspires how to fly it overseas during the Vietnam War and get beers to his friends. They lost 28 comrades in this neighborhood, and he felt compelled just to do this, and he whittled his way, like the, to get on these transports where he let the enlisted people know what he was doing, and they let him, and they helped him lie to their superiors, the officers, who moved him through wearing khakis and a Madras shirt and delivered six packs of beers to his friends all over Vietnam. All over Vietnam. Oh my hey, God! And hey. the NPR story, any of it was like the 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 farthest beer run ever. This dude was just on NPR today. It was astounding. It's just, is it gives you faith in this world, which is all too predictable sometimes, how somebody could do this shit and, and for the common good and just get the fuck away with it. Look, and do it.
1: That man might not have been a soldier, but we are recording today on Veterans Day, and I raise a glass to that man who brought beer to his comrades, to his bros on the front lines. Fighting a stupid fucking war, but fucking a, you sure. got to have your brewskis.
0: Fucking a, and of the six guys that he delivered beer to, Don't four me. of them are still bar- came back. Oh, okay, four four out of six. And is- so he was in the NPR, which you could find in post, I'm sure is that he was just so thankful that he and his friends and the love that occurs there and his stories, the way that he went about this was he would tell the he would tell the the hierarchs, He said, "Look, I could tell you." what I'm doing here, but if I did, you would never believe it, and the higher-ups thought, all right, we better let him in. He must be CIA, and why else would he be dressed in khakis and a Madras shirt? Obviously, he's got some kind of standing where he's not a civilian. He's not on all these military planes, and in these military buildings, and these military missions as a civilian nobody he said it was he said nobody considered me a civilian why there was no way that a civilian would be engaged in doing this work they figured that i was in the military connected to the military and he did this
1: that is why 90 percent of being there is confidence of being like yeah i fucking yes. deserve to be here it's like that it's like that uh, catch me if you can movie with um tom hanks yes. and, so, and uh, leo
0: so there's I like, several several incidents in my life where that was the view i had to take when i had to produced like a had some type of a scam usually had to do with a hotel where let's say the bar was closed and they wouldn't let uh, people in and it had to be a guest and you had to have a ticket and i would walk up and i would say i'm here for the la la reception but i'm afraid i don't have my ticket and they would say sorry and you become not outraged but enough to know that this could get a lot worse Right. And if you have to mention the manager, you mention the manager. The other time was to let me in an airplane, that if I missed it, I'd have to wait all night. And I told them that I hadn't had my medication, I needed ah. to get on the board to get medication, and they opened the fucking door and let me in. Now, that was a terrible thing to do, probably, in hindsight. But if I missed that flight, it was all shit, all shit to, to happen to my mm-hmm. life. And I'm like, let me the fuck in. And so I took that pose of absolute, I'm right here. Nice. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that was my favorite part of the. I don't know if you've seen the movie, The Oceans Eight, the remake of The Oceans Eleven and The Ocean Twelve, and then yeah, The Oceans yeah. Eight, which is the, with 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 the all women cast. Yeah, I saw it. And the beginning of that, where Sandra Bullock, just walks into a hotel, walks into a room, tells the tells the housekeeper, "You can leave now," and then just with that level of confidence, like I fucking belong here. That allows her to scam her way into just about anything, as she did with I don't know clothes and stuff right. in in the mall or whatever. But oh. that level of that level of it's just kn- knowing, it's like convincing yourself that delivery. you that you belong in a place, right. and then exuding that to everyone else makes everyone else be like, oh shit, this person so, so needs to
0: be here. When I stole the golf, course, when I stole the golf cart on the golf course many years ago, I'm sure I've told you the story before, and when it was clear that the people who ran the golf course were after me, because I had stolen this golf cart. I went out to visit the, the beer girl years ago, and over the radio that she had her beer tent, it came out and said, there's oh. a guy, you, one of the golf carts, so we need to go out and find him. I don't know what's going on here, but he's not allowed to be out there. I said, oh shit, I gotta go. So I drove the golf cart, and I drove across the uh, fairways to get to the best uh, possible place. But then I saw approaching me in an area where I had no recourse was two golf carts, one man in each golf cart, each in the uniform, the, the polo shirts of the golf course, obviously, the, 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 and we were looking for this guy. And so I got out of the golf cart and I said, I am so upset. I left my sandwich out here and nobody will help me. I'm out here looking for it. I can't find it, I hope one of you has it. And they looked at each other, so good. and I said, I figured as much. And I jumped back in the cart, and I drove right in between them until it was clear to them that I had hoodwinked them. And they came after me, and I skirted around the building toward the parking lot, and as I did, I jutted out into the lane where people were leaving the parking lot to get onto the main street, and I had to swerve to not hit the Cadillac that was being driven by the deputy director of the Department of Corrections. And we both swerved, and he went on his way, and I abandoned my golf cart and ran into the area and stood at at the table very quickly as these guys in their polo shirts were looking. They could see the golf cart. I had escaped. But it was all because of that. You're and it was large. so unnerving to them where it's like, what are you? Are you not listening to me? Where's my golf club? Oh, I figured as much. I'm going back and just drive away. And they're like, "That could, that's not the guy, is it? I mean, that makes sense.
1: God. So I want to pull this back. That is, that is exactly what Donald J. Trump would do. He would be like, I deserve to be here. Whatever right. you think I've done, fuck you. I deserve to Trumpian. be here. It's so Trumpian. Whatever you think I've done, you're wrong. I'm fine here. And I have the confidence. I am displaying the alpha male confidence that obviously you are wrong to foster that doubt in people. So that's super depressing. Now we're back <laughs> to fuckface. face.
0: Oh, you can't be depressed now. I, I, I got a big kick out of uh, out of the out of the Joe Biden interview just a moment back to that, where when one of the questioners said does the Trump decision not to have the GSA sign the thing? And Biden scratches his nose and looks at the camera. We're moving forward. It's not that big of a deal. And just smiles, this great smile. And it's it exudes a confidence. Now I'm sure there's people in this camp who don't feel that way at all, nor should they, because they are, in fact, putting together the legal action that would be required. But the fact of the matter is legally standing. There's no legal standing until the Electoral College meets. They're trying to stop the certification of state votes. In my fair state here in Michigan, Trump filed a lawsuit, which will be dismissed by by the Michigan Supreme Court, that says, we want you to stop the certification of votes until you answer our questions and our questions are this or that and the other, and the courts to say, we can answer your questions. We're not going to stop the process because your questions on their face are pretty ridiculous, given the transparency and the automated records we have of how we counted the votes. So hes it's going to be a whisper rather than a bang. I think, though, this is the thing to be concerned. What's he doing with the Pentagon? Look what he's done with the sale of these fucking bomber jets. To where? To, uh, to Saudi Arabia? f one thirty five or some such shit some fucking 600 million per fucking plane. His distraction I wish I had the, my facts a little straighter but his 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 pattern of distraction to cause all the shit with the election but at the same time Jared Kushner and his fucking minions are creating the financial deal of a lifetime where they skim off the fucking top and just like the fucking account that Trump's got in China he's got one if this is in Saudi Arabia and it's worth fucking he gets a binder's fee. It's ten percent of fucking six hundred million dollars because he's got no fucking income.
1: Yeah, but that's not enough for what he
0: owes. Yeah, it's no, it's not to pay back. You'll never pay those people Of course, back. No. this is to be able to live either under pending court protection or overseas, wherever where he can live about any goddamn where he wants. He's not without means as much as we demean him. One of the one of the moments of of Clinton's performance at this earlier Al Smith dinner that I mentioned was to say that she was glad to see Michael Bloomberg there, and after debating Trump twice, she wanted to say it's so good to meet somebody who's actually a billionaire, <laughs> and how the crowd booed and Trump thought it was quite funny. Anyway, we're back to that. It's yeah. a remarkable time. A remarkable time.
1: It's it's going to be interesting to see how this goes like in theory the military elites are smart enough to not follow him but yeah i don't know it's gonna be
0: it's gonna be crazy and so your your prediction last episode was spot on mine was naive and, and just ridiculous as it turns out but i think back about that and think that it isn't any more than that it isn't it is simply it's not that i was being stupid it was that I was almost purposely being naive to be able to create the ability to sleep, a little bit as these things happened. And that's why I was not able to sleep a, for many for the last week. Yes. What a physical relief! A physical relief. The next day, I actually had a deep massage, and shout out to my masseuse. But the same day, and it was feeling better in my skin, feeling better in my psyche. Man, oh yeah.
1: Yeah, baby. So I guess we will see how this
0: progresses. and Trump's A will end with a whimper. Trump said won't end with a bang. Trump, Trump said will end in a whisper. Trump said won't end in a bang. He'll find himself alone on the veranda trying to look like a Mussolini as he does but his Republican friends will all leave him because (laughs) because (laughs) Because. (laughs) because he has lost once again, oh, amen, brother. That was oh, that was that was so good, man. That was wow.
1: I feel sorry for the other people that yeah. are competing for the Grammy. I would just like to say that in the moment. Good night, Dennis. Oh. That does it for episode number 84. You can find the show notes at happyhour.fm/084. And you know, let's just go forward with this selection results and see where it takes us. you can help support us at patreon.com/happyhour, we would love for you to buy us around there, maybe one every month. That would be awesome to help support the show. And we will see you next week.